Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to whenever you're watching this. Luke and Ian are back. Sorry, Joseph. We did. Joseph did really, really good while you guys were gone. Not going to lie. Shout out Joseph Pacioni. Good man. So Luke actually went to Rome um, for, or Italy, yep. um, for break. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yep. I uh, did a study abroad course in Italy, went to Rome, uh, Florence, Sisi, Milan. Saw where our, uh, our faith takes root in the Vatican and all the great sites. Saw plenty of saints in their um, their tombs, St. Francis, St. Clair of Assisi. Uh, unfortunately, was there, too, when uh, Pope Benedict uh, passed away. Yeah, so that was really cool to, to, you know, see that experience and see the people of Rome, you know. Yeah. Unite together. So yeah, it was a really cool, cool experience. I, I recommend it to anybody, you know, yeah. to go there. Luke, Luke showed me some photos and stuff. Looked like it was a good time, even though, like, you're not supposed to take photos in some of the places. Yeah, but I know. Luke's yeah. different, can yeah. we say. Yeah. So main story we're talking about from the Catholic Messenger today um, is the Loyola Project inspires dialogue about racism, um, and it's by Miss Barb. Um, and basically, uh, last Thursday at Ambrose, um, we sh- had a showing of uh, the Loyola Project, and basically what the movie's about, I won't make any spoilers, but it's about the 1963 uh, Loyola University Chicago Ramblers basketball team that broke the uh, racial barriers, uh, and kind of we just had a dialogue about it here at Ambrose. Uh, I was able to attend, um, and it was a really good experience. Great movie if you haven't seen it. Um, the same guy who made the movie or produced it, um, he also made that ESPN 30 for 30, uh, Catholics vs. Convicts. Have you guys seen that? Yep, absolutely. That's it. Yeah. So that was when the Irish beat the U, so... Boys can't hang with Notre Dame, what can we say? But um, basically, um, also some more details about it. I kind of just went through the experience. Uh, I think it was 2018 or 2019, the Loyola men's basketball team was doing really good, and they made it to the, I think maybe Final Four, Elite Eight or or Final Four, I can't remember, but they were an 11 seed. The nun was in the news. Yeah, 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 Sister Sister, Sister Jean. Yeah, Sister Sister, Jean. I was going to say Sister Joan, but that's Ambrose, so shout out Sister Joan. Um, But... (laughs) Uh, so basically it kind of follows to the viewpoint of one of the players that was on that team um, and kind of goes through about how inspiring it is to look back and his journey with the team and all this stuff. So um, kind of going into it, um, what are your guys' kind of initial thoughts um, about the story that Barb kind of wrote? Um, I liked it. Uh, it talks a lot about how the basketball team went, uh, battled racism. And uh, and then the person that she interviewed uh, – Clancy Simons, is that how you say? Yeah, yeah. Um, or Simmons or Simons. Yeah, Simons. Um, they she talked about or that the you couldn't consume food at stores in Davenport, but they could buy that, but you couldn't consume it if you were black, which I thought was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also in Davenport, you couldn't buy things north of Locust if you were black, which mm-hmm. is I don't know. I just think that's crazy. And later on in the article, it says to think so much of racism and discrimination ever existed is disturbing. Um, but then it talked about the team, uh, and how they had to be separated from the, the whites that were on the team, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting that that happened, but they had such a big impact on the team. It also reminds me of the first football team that had blacks on their team. And I can't remember. Uh, I remember the Titans. Yeah. That yeah. That might be it, but it, like how the, it changed the, the game. Movie? Yeah. How it yeah, changed yeah, yeah, the game yeah, and yeah, great all that. So, and that reminded that's me of went off in that movie. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But. And how Jackie Robinson changed the game of baseball. Like mm-hmm, all that yeah, stuff. Like breaking so, that color barrier. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The part in the movie that he's talking about, um, the Loyola basketball team, they traveled, I think it was Louisiana. They traveled down there and, at first, the movie kind of talks about how like they had to be segregated, 
And at first they thought it was because of like what um, like kind of the decision that it wasn't the coach's yeah. decision to do it. But it ended up turning out that the coach actually wanted them to be on separate. Yeah. They wanted yeah, yeah, to be yeah. separate. So which is kind of he didn't really ever give a reason why. But a basketball team was willing to host them, um, was willing to have all the players stay at their at the college. But they ended up being. Yeah. Um, the coach separated them, and they yeah. didn't really give a reason. He cared more about winning. Um, yeah, yeah, what that's what a lot of the players yeah, said. So. And a lot of the uh, – one of the players, um, I can't remember his name, um, but one of the players really talked about how the coach was more about winning, but he didn't really think about it in the moment. Yeah. Um, it was more just about yeah, going yeah. along with it. The coach had a plan. They just went along with it. But looking back at it, um, it's kind of crazy um, to think about how he really wanted – he wanted them to be separate, and he never really gave an explanation why. Another thing that in the movie on that was interesting is – the players would get letters with like harassments or whatever. Mm-hmm. The black players would about like, um, don't come out of your room. Like I'm gonna kill you. It was like people on their floor were giving them like sliding letters underneath their door, like putting in their mailboxes. Yeah. So the coach kept all the letters, and he, when he passed away, he gave them to his daughter, and the daughter still has them, but she won't release them. Yeah, yeah. yeah she like what well, doesn't want the letters to come out. So not sure why, but Luke, what are your what are your kind of initial thoughts? I as well? uh, I I love I love a uh, story like this. Um, I think it opens eyes to people. You know like ourselves or our generation that uh, didn't live, like, in the time of, you know, complete segregation uh, of races. And, it, you know, it's hard to, it is, it's hard for me to, you know, a person that hasn't lived in that time to really think about uh, a life where I, I wouldn't be able to, you know, hang out with African-American friends or, you know, Hispanic friends um, be just because of our skin color. I also think uh, I love um, the civil rights movement uh, when we talk about sports because while the civil rights movement is one thing combining it with sports is a is a completely different thing as well because you have to right a team is one thing right you have so many personalities and all trying to you know work together for a common goal to win you also have media constant basketball games football games you know mm-hmm. people see these celebrities and people or college students you know and listen to them or see them daily and you know become fans and fanatics and i feel like oftentimes you know we uh, associate our views or happiness with a, a certain player love for a player based on you know that they're like me oh my gosh that guy goes to the same church as i do yeah. i like that player type mm-hmm. um kind of find ways to connect with them absolutely and i, I we t- you know we talk about movies and stuff that you know portray these stories uh another one that reminds me of this um it's called the glory road and it's about the texas southern basketball team and they had a white coach uh this is during like uh big time segregation and um an all black or mostly black uh, basketball team, and just the amount of hate uh, they would get and were shown, and uh, just you know, cruelty. You know, it's really good during, especially uh, month of Black History, that you know we recognize um, our our history, right? Not to forget it, but to learn from it. Yeah. So I think an article like this really yeah. helps us out. Yeah, definitely. And w- yeah, one of the other things I wanted to highlight too is um, it was the there was a thing uh, like a unwritten rule that you couldn't start more than three black players. Mm-hmm. Um, or couldn't have more than three black players on the court at once. And the coach was kind of like, screw it. Eventually he was like that at first because uh, the sixth man was like better than two or three of the starters or whatever. Like he should have been starting, but he was black. Um, said that in the movie? Yeah, it said that in the movie. Okay. So um, it kind of touched on it. And kind of one of the things that he did was like, um, I think it was at the NIT, um, the, one of the tournaments, they lost the first game. So the second game he was like, you know, screw it. I'm just going to start him. So he started him and – Ended up like that was like the best lineup that they yeah. ever ran. So, but yeah. So in the article, one of the things I liked um, is Kevin O'Brien's comment. Um, uh, he says it's important not to whitewash it. How important is it to understand the struggles that the basketball players went through? Uh, Ian, you want to start? Yeah. So um, 
I don't think a lot of people today realize like how hard it was for blacks to get jobs or you know to just fit into society. Um, and I think it's really important. Uh, and even Simon says um, that sitting outside of Central High School in Davenport, uh, he didn't think he was you know. Uh, he said, 30 years later, I would be principal of that school because he was thinking about that school or whatever. And um, I don't know, it just kind of reminded me that uh, to dream big because um, he's the principal now. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And then it also talked about how the players after um, they graduated from college, that they had a big impact on society after college. So oh, yeah. uh, I think it's just a good way for us to understand what they went through and all the hardships that they went through. Um, and how big of a deal it was for them to be a part of that team. Uh, also, just like referring back to Jackie Robinson, what he went through and how he always got like cleated, or he would get notes too. What mm-hmm. you're saying earlier, he would always get notes and Death threats. Yeah, and uh, his coach actually, my favorite movie is Forty Two. Um, yeah, Luke, Luke makes fun of me for that, but um, that's a good movie. Um, that would be my favorite. Yeah, his his coach like said slang in like front of him and like uh. made sure he had like he had a strong enough head to. Uh, take take that on in the yeah, stadium so so that movie really helped me to see like what they what they went through back then um and then again like the first football team how they changed the game of football yeah, because the yeah like game, yeah. the the level just went so up so mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely Luke, you want to add to that yeah i was just gonna, i was gonna say it's it is really important just to not whitewash history right don't like undermine um the the severity of what people went through and it's uh, I feel like we like often get this idea. Well, oh, it's over, it's done. No, people still feel the effects of it, and it's, it's not just um, right. It may not look like okay. Well, he can drink from this water fountain, and I can go to this bathroom now. Mm. It's look, look at the place that we live in, you know, or the the benefits in which you know white people or or races uh, benefit from from like the segregation and racism still today. You know, it's not like a coincidence that horrible urban neighborhoods are all condensed, you know, with minority groups, you know, it was placed that way because white people didn't want black people or other races in their neighborhoods, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, special housing um, that, you know, wasn't made good housing for those people, those minorities, while others, you know, got more benefits. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, we decide, you know, oh, well, it's over now. It's, I mean, it's really not like it's not, it just yeah, looks different. There, yeah. It just looks different now, you mm-hmm. know. Which is yeah, sad. absolutely. And I like how you touched on, like, the housing and stuff, like, with the segregated housing. Or even, like, still today, like, you hear stories about how um, families, like, if, if a black family lived in the house, the value's down. And then I remember I read about one story. I don't remember it 100%, but it was something along the lines of the family, when they took photos of the house, um, they had a white family step in. And then it raised the value from what it was when they first bought it. So, like, it, it's kind of crazy. We think we've, we're so far away, removed from it, but in reality, it, it's still around. Um, and kind of, kind of leads to my next question. Um, so as, as I said, clearly we're, you know, we're decades removed from the days of segregation. Um, however, in society, there's still groups that, who face a lot of discrimination today. Um, there's been a lot of comments, um, recently about like anti, um, anti-Semitic comments, anti-Semitism, um, a lot of homophobic stuff. Um, so kind of in what ways, um, as Catholics can we continue to fight for equality and continue to fight for, um, you know, equal rights among everybody? Uh, yeah, uh, through love, right? Our God is a God of love. Jesus is a man of love, man and God of love. Um, simply by loving people, um, just <laughs> being Catholic ourselves, right? Uh, you know, our history has been filled with persecution and, you know, sadness and heartbreak, but also 
Uh, on the other hand, we, uh, the Catholic Church also has, has caused insurmountable amounts of heartbreak and destruction to, you know, people's lives and, and you know, uh, with the idea, like the idea of racism, it, like the Catholic Church didn't condemn racism, I mean, not racism, uh, slavery and stuff until, you know, much later in history, which is kind of a dark spot in our, you know, our history itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to recognize that and try to grow from it, um, you know, it shows people that we're willing to change and... Um, you know, through love, right? We can break that. We can break those bonds and, and chains. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anyone add on to that? Yeah, I was just gonna say, go out and talk, uh, listen to people. Um, Education's a huge yeah. part. Uh, and just try to do new things and learn your history. That's all I really have to say. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would say uh, with love, and I think with education. Um, that, those are kind of the two main things that I have. Um, you know, there's times in life where, um, especially like with slurs and stuff, where people have said it to me. Um, instead of me acting out of anger and like lashing back, I just kind of like let it go. Cause I, it's not that what they're saying is hurtful. I mean, obviously that's part of it, but it's that they're uneducated. They don't know what it means. They don't know what's behind it. Um, so that's why, um, I tend to just go towards the education part. Um, when it comes to people saying slurs or comes to people doing stuff, you know, um, Julian Edel, or I can't remember, I think it was Deshaun Jackson a while ago, um, wide receiver in the NFL, made homophobic comments, and Julian Edelman, who's also a wide receiver in the NFL um, at the time, um, was Jewish, and instead of him hating on him, he acknowledged, obviously, what? Anti-Semitic comments. Yeah, anti-Semitic comments. Oh, sorry. Yeah, anti-Semitic, sorry. Um, But made those comments, um, thanks for correcting me, but made those comments, and he first acknowledged it, and then he invited Deshaun to go to um, the synagogue with him and Mm -hmm. learn about it, and it, you know, kind of had that broaden of education, um, or kind of, you know, broaden his knowledge of what it means, um, and that's what we always kind of thought about is education and love as well. I mean, that's obviously, you know, as in Black History Month, we really remember Dr. King and what he said, you know. Um, you know, hate can't drive out hate, but love can drive it out, you know. Yeah. Let the light shine and bring out through the darkness. I butchered that quote, but that's something along the lines of what he said. I butchered that quote. Just, just a little paraphrase. Um, yeah, paraphrase. Yeah, close, close. Sorry, sorry, Dr. King. Um, so kind of moving on, um, Loyola University, Chicago is a private college, just like Ambrose, but the African-American players face discrimination on their campus. Uh, in what ways, um, have we gotten better in society and what are some things we can continue to do to make everybody feel safe? Um, I'll kind of start this one. So, uh, a few years ago, I'm um, here on campus from what the DEI office has told me, um, is we had a lot of people writing slurs and stuff in Roman, um, and in Rogo, uh, homophobic slurs, uh, racist slurs. Um, and we had, a, we had a bunch of stuff going on. And one of the things that we did to kind of drive that out was we had a unity march, and we have it every year since then. Um, so that's one of the things I like here at Ambrose that we do um, is the unity march. Last year it happened to me on my birthday. Um, but we walked from Rogo's patio all the way across um, campus. So we walked through, like, Cosgrove parking lot, walked through Franklin's um, and Tiedem in that area. Um, we just walked across campus and, and showed people. We had, everybody had posters and stuff. And show people that, you know, it's important to be together and do that kind of stuff. So, uh, Ian, you want to add on to that? Um, yeah, I was just going to add one thing that um, I'm kind of like a big thing on how your actions speak uh, to people. Um, I don't know. Just just going off like this and how people are treated. Like, if you just ignore people and you don't say hi. Like, even, like, the smallest action can, like, brighten someone's day. Mm-hmm. Uh like holding the door open for someone, like some people don't even do that. And that, yeah. like, you know, that, that might not affect them, but at the same time, it uh, 
brings about um, light into someone's life. So just like your smallest actions and, I don't know, giving someone a smile or uh, just anything small like that. Or just, kindness. Yeah, just small things. Uh, mm-hmm. Just acknowledging that someone is there is a really big thing for me right now. So. Yeah, absolutely. Luke, you want to touch yeah, on Yeah, so when, we, when we're talking about um, it, it is really sad. Um, as a society, we've definitely gotten better in, through education, through experience, like hang out with these, uh, hang out with other groups of people, and like expanding our horizons, having open hearts. That's a that's a big key to it. We're, you know, we're not all like that different, and learning from each other's cultures is only you only makes us you know greater people and more intelligent. Um, we could definitely continue to make people feel safe. Um, just be like be open invite create creating um definitely loving and good experiences and having people from different minority groups and and um you know having them in this in the in the space that you're creating right if you are in a in a in a church or in a building or at an event where every single person looks like you right you are in a you you are more comfortable in that in that space right but imagine if someone you know, coming there looks nothing like anybody else. It is an, it's an uncomfortable and, um, you know, shaky experience. So uh, by, by inviting all these different groups and having, you know, a wide variety of people from different backgrounds, you, you create that sense of comfort and uh, safety that people can, you know, latch on to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, just throwing yourself out there, going outside of your comfort zone. That's kind of one of the things that me and Joseph touched on in our last episode was, you know, in order to, you know, broaden your horizon and, and do new things, you know, in the new year, um, you have to throw yourself out there, go outside your comfort zone to make yourself a um, better person and be more comfortable. So I would add too that like, how, like how many of us like, like to do something new or meet new, a, a new person yeah, alone new for sure, but like alone, like no one likes to do something new or meet someone new alone. You always want to be with a, a friend of yours, mm-hmm. meeting new people. You feel in a more comfortable spot. Yeah, going to a new event or something like that, too, exactly. for sure. Yeah, you yeah. don't ever want to go by yourself, but um, sometimes you just got to do it. Like, right. one thing I've yeah. done this year is instead of, like, waiting to eat breakfast with somebody, just go by myself, yeah. you know. And then if I see people I know, you know, I'll talk to them and just kind of put myself out there. So Be inviting. Um, mm-hmm, be inviting, inviting. absolutely. Any kind of last thoughts or anything you guys want to add or anything like that? We did a really good job touching yeah, on it. So. I, would, I would just say to, you know, during this time, really reflect on history and education and also, um, you know, as Catholics, you know, pray for those that are oppressed and um, still experience racism today, right, in other countries. And Absolutely. It may not be as prominent and, you know, so out there as in the United States as it might be in other places. So to pray for those people yeah, experiencing absolutely. that. Absolutely. So for the full story, you guys can check that out on thecatholicmessenger.com. Um, but moving on to our next story today, um, one of the things that me and Joseph touched on in our last episode um, was kind of New Year's resolutions and kind of the best way to go about them. So we're going to kind of continue off of that today, and we're going to talk about how you can be more forgiving in uh, 2023. So I think for the majority of people, um, we're going to have a tough time when people hurt our feelings. You know, you don't always want to, you know, accept their apology right away or find ways to forgive them. But one of the core beliefs as Catholics is, you know, to have that forgiveness, The you know, pray for those who are against us, pay for those who are hurting us. Um, so Ian, I'll start with you. Why do you think that young adults have such a hard time forgiving those who hurt us? Well, for me, I think it's, I have a hard time thinking that someone can change. Like they don't, they can't change what they've done or like they're going to do it again in a sense. So, uh, just for me, like with younger people, I think, um, for like young adults, that would be my reason for why, uh, we have a hard time forgiving those who hurt us. So, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, definitely the 
the hard time part about, you know, just it's so hard sometimes to just admit that, you know, what they did, you know, they might not have known what they were trying to say or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it can be hurtful, but, you know, I'm definitely a victim of that. Uh, I used to hold a lot of grudges, but, you know, I've developed, I've grown. So uh, <laughs> not not physically, but spiritually and mentally. That's the way I think about it. So, uh, Luke, you want to add on to that? Yeah, I think it, I think it roots itself um, just in selfishness um, big time. Like, uh, I think oftentimes when we are hurt by someone else, we often think that we have never hurt somebody, or like in the way that they've hurt us, but we have. Um, my dad actually, um, he used to tell me this, and it, it really, you know, resonates with me well even to this day, is that, um, you know, you'll be let down by your friends, your family, you know, the, the closest people that, that love you so much, yet we still have this... Uh, innate idea or uh, thing that we do and that's we, we let people down or we, we hurt others whether it's on purpose or whether it's um, on accident yet um, the one that doesn't right is God and although God may have times where we don't you know understand why why it feels like he's letting us down right there is an answer there is you know some sort of guidance um, there that is is never ending um, and I think that's something that young people you know it's not a, it's not like a popular idea to you know, when someone hurts you, to be like, you know what, I'm gonna, I have to be the bigger person, and obviously yeah, tell them how you feel. Part, yeah. But I'll tell them how you feel, right? But also, you know, be open to forget, to forgive them, right? Everyone makes a mistake, and to to act like we can't, you know, be better than our mistakes is, is crazy. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the part is like also, you know, reaching back out to them, and letting them know how it hurts you. Yeah. You know, that's a huge part. I really like how you brought that up. Is is you know, sometimes it's just a matter of they don't understand it, you know. Yeah. I mean, we can, talking it uh, out. yeah, talking it out. Or I mean, how many times have you said some of your regret? You just, you know, didn't think about it and just said it. You're like, ooh, yeah. Like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> ooh. Yeah, that one slipped, you know. Just stuff like that, you know. A lot of people, there's kind of that mutual misunderstanding almost where it's like, you know, you think something else and then it's something, you know, they think you're mad at them but you're really not and you think it's the other way around, you know. There's so many times where I've had those experiences but – ended up talking it out and we moved on. So as one of the things I kind of touched on is one of the core beliefs of like the Catholic church and one of the practices is forgiveness. I'm praying for those who are against us. Um, so what are some ways you guys have been able to uh, forgive people in the past? Uh, Luke, I'll start with you. Uh, I would just say that, you know, uh, t- time's a big healer with a lot of, with a lot of issues, I would say. Um, just reflecting on, you know, how, how these people made you feel. Um, I think I think a big thing that often uh, like, like that I think about is that I I am I'm willing to forgive someone right for the like the harm that they caused me or the pain, um, but I wouldn't forget right that like the the pain that's been done or the you know what what what's happened right to forgive someone is you know to to release them from you know the pain that right they they feel as well right. Um, I often reflect on scripture too for forgiveness, right? When I am having trouble forgiving someone, um, a, a big one is when Peter's asking, you know, Jesus, how many times should I forgive him, my brother? And he's like seven times, and the, Jesus is like, nah, seven times seventy, like, f- like that. That idea of forgiveness is like, no, it, you don't understand. It's infinite. Like, yeah. you don't just stop forgiving someone. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's a big thing I try and take away is that I, you know. I, I have to, you know, I can't stay mad at somebody. You know, you only get so much time on this right earth with these people that why spend it, you know, in anger and sorrow when you could just simply say, I forgive you. Yeah, and, absolutely. And move on. Yeah, 
You want to add on to that? Yeah, I have a lot. So, um, yeah, I'm reading. Uh, well, I did read a book. I'm over. I'm done with it now, which I th- recommend every man should read it. Um, it's called Wild at Heart, uh, and it talks about your past hurts and how you can heal from those things. And one of the things that the author talks about is that um, you have to go into your wound um, and like write down every stage that has happened, um, and through that, invite Jesus in to heal you. Um, and have him walk uh, with you through that hurt. Um, and through that, um, you can say, yes, this was wrong. Yes, uh, whatever this person did to me, um, yes, that was wrong, but I forgive them. It doesn't mean that I have to talk to them. It doesn't mean that I you know, have to hang out with them on a Friday night. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that um, I accept uh, Jesus' healing, uh, healing power, um, and that uh, I can forgive this person, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, go out and see them. So that book is very good. Uh, trying to get Luke to read it right now, but, uh, we'll see. Offer to read it. Do you, do you want to read it? I have I, it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could. It's, it's a great book. Um, I'll have to look yeah. into it. Uh, and then just, just prayer, um, in general, uh, I'll touch on some prayers later, uh, for your last question. I think it's more for that. Yeah. Um, and then if it's necessary, I would talk to that person and just be like, Hey, like this happened. Um, and if you're not willing to change, that's okay. But um, uh, we can still be friends, but I don't really necessarily think that we need to see each other or anything like that. So uh, that's our, those are kind of my couple of thoughts. So Yeah, I really like how um, you talked about time, and I like how you talked about prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, those, are, those are two things I recommend. Um, I mean, there's been so many times in you know, my life uh, where there's been times where I just need to step away and kind of just need yeah. to let things happen, you know. Sometimes, you know, when you're with somebody so much, when you see everybody so often, you know, things get repetitive, things start happening, and, you know, you just need time to take away. So that could be a few days, could be a few months, could be a few years. You but can, You can oftentimes, I would say, lash out, yeah, too, like, like in, a, in a relapse of judgment when you're in an angry uh, mode that you just react right away mm-hmm. instead of giving it time. Absolutely. So that, I would say, yeah, absolutely, you touched on that lashing out, too. You know, when there's time that you have away from that person or just time to let things heal, yeah. let the wound heal. Um, it makes things a lot easier to move on um, and, and to be able to forgive. So you could also like talk to someone you trust. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't make Reaching it like out. a, yeah. Don't like make it like a, yeah, don't keep it in obviously. Yeah. And don't make it like a, you know, like where you're just talking to everyone about it. Cause then that comes to like, gossip. Just, yeah, gossip and yeah. all that. So any drama, cause then it can just make it worse. Right. Maybe like one close friend, keep it at that or uh, a close guardian that you trust. That's also a good mm-hmm. way to heal and forgive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of going back a little bit, you know, obviously we've talked about there's a lot of situations where we've been able to heal, um, but are there certain situations in which it's been really hard or you have not been able to forgive people who hurt you? Um, for me, I would definitely say there's been some times, um, but, I mean, like I said, we, like we've been talking about, if you give it time and you, you know, talk things out and, and pray about it and, you know, hope that, you know, it's a, a way that God's just trying to test you and make sure you're staying um, loyal to him and, and are kind of being there, then I think things heal. I've never, there's never been like a serious drudge that I've been able to hold or haven't been able to forgive somebody. Might not talk to them anymore, might not be as close to them, but, you know, they know if they needed something, they could reach out. So, um, but I would definitely say uh, there are some situations where it, it is really hard, you know, especially like my big thing is like family. I love my family. I'll do anything for them. So, you know, when there's times where people disrespect my family or disrespect my faith is another one. 
Um, you know, it can be really hard. Or when people say a lot of stuff about Notre Dame fighting Irish, those Irish haters out there, they're always trying to get to me. But, you know, you just got to give it t- time to heal and um, have to realize that Notre Dame's legit. So Smallest worry. I mean, I'm just, like, that's just a big – I mean, people just like to talk about the Irish. So yeah, go Irish. Got to plug them. Shout out Marcus Freeman. That's my dog. Um, but uh, kind of going back, not to get sidetracked, but – uh, going back, you know, there, there are definitely are some times for me. So, Luke, you want to kind of touch on that as well? Yeah, I think um, when someone hurts you or um, when you're having trouble forgiving, um, I've, I've been in a lot of situations um, where I, I don't understand why the, why the person has acted that way. But then you're, you learn more about that person or um, what they're going through too, right? A lot of times we hurt people because we're, we're in such hectic lives or – horrible situations ourselves or in stressed out that we we hurt others in that process and um being on the other end of that right you you might not understand someone's situation right someone being absolutely stressed with a test or a family member just dying and then them lashing out at you or being angry with you or Mm -hmm. doing something horrible to you or just treating you wrongfully right you might say well he's being a bad friend right but you don't know right what he's what that person is going What's through going on in their life yeah right and I, I feel like we look at that situation a lot differently when we see um the certain situations people go through um so I always try and keep that in my mind as well is that I I you know you never know what someone could be going through thinking about um especially as college students man there is uh, a lot of uh sadness in people's heads or especially during the winter time right season, se- time, season yeah. of depression yeah people might not know what the decisions they want to do with their future um mm-hmm. and so i you know teens preteens high school college it's mm-hmm. all it, that all works for that that um you know a lot of people you know, f- feel bad and you the, going through it, tough times yeah it yeah. creates it creates uh toxic situations but um, just being there to be able to forgive and, you know, have a conversation with them about it is the biggest thing. Yeah, definitely. Ian, want to add some more? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's many times I've been hurt, and I don't have to go into detail, but uh, like Lou said, just stepping away from the situation uh, it can be a small thing or, you know, it can be a big thing. That might mean that you uh, don't have to see that person anymore. Um, and then, like, a small thing, kind of like with your family, like if you get yelled at or whatever, go step away for a little bit and then come out and talk, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, um, I don't know, yeah. So. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I like how you touched on, like, the family part, like, stepping away. I mean, yeah. there's been so many times where, like, got an argument with my parents or whatever. Babysitters is a big one. I had a lot of beef with my babysitters, but I forgive them all for taking my toys away and getting mad at me. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgive them. So, but definitely the stepping away part, especially when it's like somebody really close to you, like family or a really close friend, you know, sometimes you just got to take a step away and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, everybody heals differently. Um, You just got to let things go, you know, kind of do your own thing and just have to have that mutual understanding where, you know, some people just need time. So, all right, uh, going on. uh, So, as I said, mentioned uh, briefly earlier, Joseph really emphasized uh, or Joseph and I really talked about ways to make uh, this new year one special, ways to develop your faith in the new year. Um, and one of the things I really liked about what Joseph said um, was he really emphasized about how developing your prayer life can make a difference in your faith journey um, and how it can be really beneficial to starting off the new year. Um, so how could prayer really help people embrace forgiveness? And I know you said you wanted to talk, touch on it a lot. So, I mean, Luke will just kind of sit back and <laughs> watch. It just sit. Uh well, you were talking about prayer, so why are you sitting like that? Yeah, why are you sitting? Come on. <laughs> um, 
right now I'm doing the Bible and Catechism in a year, uh, and it's never too late to start. So uh, you can do that. But that, that's not really what I wanted to touch on is uh, going back on um, Wild at Heart. They have an app that you can download, and it has a bunch of prayers for uh, forgiveness. And uh, my favorite one right now is the prayer for inner healing, and it's like a guided prayer, which I think is great. Um, just for anything that's happened in your past that you can't let go of or forgive. So um, that, that one's beautiful. Um, uh, and then just just something that isn't guided um, is just praying for the past and letting go. Um, I went to the SEEK conference this past in the, yeah. um, winter, yeah. uh, and it was awesome. So many Catholics and so many great talks. But um, one of the talks, the, the priest, this is not going to be how he said it, but it's close. Uh, the past is anxiety, the future is worry, uh, and present is where the, where God is. That's all he, ca- he he's here right now, and he's here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I that that quote was very powerful for me. Uh, and then another thing, uh, if you are into novenas, uh, it keeps you on track. It's uh, how long is it, Luke? Nine days? Is that right? Nine days. Uh, it's called the surrender prayer, uh, and just surrendering your worries or your past, uh, which really will help you, uh, forgive others. So those are the three things that I wanted to touch on. So, yeah, yeah, no, that was all good. Do you want to talk a little bit more about seek? I forgot that you did that. Uh, yeah, seek was awesome. It's for college students. Uh, it also can be for high schoolers, but they tend to make it for college students. Uh, and all these popular uh, Catholic speakers come, like Father Mike Schmitz. I got to say hi to him. That was pretty cool. Um, Sister Miriam and all these great people. And then there's organizations there that you can get hired to work for, um, religious orders, so you can talk to them if you're discerning that. Um, but then there's talks, and at the beginning of the day, they have the guys and the girls break up and the uh, – the talk is centered towards the guys, and it was just, it was awesome, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah sounds like, yeah, the photos are really nice, so I'm glad you got to go. Yeah. Uh, Luke, you want to add on to that? Yeah, uh, I saw a, a pretty powerful quote. I'm going to kind of butcher it here. I'm just going to do a little paraphrase, kind of like, it's butchering quotes. Yeah. Um, but when talking about prayer, uh, we often think of it as, like, a, a conversation or something like that. Or not, well, it is a conversation. I'm saying, like, a like we're looking for a sign from God or just, like, a lightning bolt, boom, bam, bam. But uh, this guy, well, he was talking to me. He's like, you know, when I first started praying, um, you know, none of my prayers were answered. Um, none of none of anything I prayed for would happen. But what, what did happen was my increase in patience increased. My... Oh, that that was stupid. Um, my you know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. My my pa- step in my patience in life increased. My my um my love for people increased. You know, to be able to not argue with someone increased. You know, so while in prayer, right, we might not think that a lot is happening. Your peace of mind uh, grows exponentially for me. Um, yeah. when I pray, when, when I can take a time in my hectic day of going to school, going to work, seeing crazy things at the hospital, <laughs> to, to, um, yeah. you know, doing all these things constantly. Everybody in life has a constant movement, movement, go, 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 work this, go home, clean, cook, take care of mm-hmm. children, busy you know, schedules, yep. busy schedules that um, we oftentimes, for, you know, forget to forgive or forget to, you know, slow down, mm-hmm. have patience. Take time to listen. Take time to listen. Yeah, calm down in our life. So when we do, in prayer, right? Well, while prayer is a conversation with God, that is great. Prayer works both ways. It's not God doing all this stuff and you just asking him for it. It's you working on it as well. And if you're not, you know, dedicating some time to this peace and to this, um, you know, 
you know, prayer itself, um, we're not going to be very forgiving people. Um, Absolutely. I found myself doing that too. Like, yeah, yeah, like more pa- I feel more patient with people and yeah. more forgiving when I when I sit in my day and just express like yeah. feelings to God too. If you are angry with somebody, you can tell God as well. Yeah. You know, if you're it's angry with God, you can tell God. Talk you know? it out with him. Yeah. Talk it out with mm-hmm. him. Wrestle with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and that was one of the I really like how you touched on is is the prayer part. Uh, I started an internship. Uh, shout out homies at Han Camp. Um, that's why I'm wearing a tie, by the way, but not the point, as I was saying, <laughs> besides the point. Um, but one of the things uh, that I try to do this year with my busy schedule of, like, internship classes, clubs, um, church, you know, all this stuff that I have going on in my life, um, is I still try and find time to pray, whether it's in the morning um, or at night. Um, the chapel, uh, in the lower chapel, we have that new lounge, um, and I've been going there. Very clutch, very nice furniture. Um, not the point, said. Uh, but I find myself going there. I've gone there a lot recently um, just to kind of relax and just to kind of take a step back, whether I'm only in there for, you know, 20 minutes for lunch or I'm in there for, you know, an hour. You know, just trying to find ways to still have that prayer life. And I really like how you touched on that is even though we're busy, you know, prayer is one of the main things that can really help us get through things, can make us more patient, as you touched on. Um, and as you said with the novena, you know, it keeps us structured and keeps us on pace yeah. um, to do better things. And when we're on pace to do better things, when we're, you know, in our element and our schedules and all this stuff, it makes us more successful. Yeah. Um, so I really like how you guys touched on it. Anything else you guys want to add? Yes. So silent prayer, it's going to sound hard to do, but prayer can come in all different forms. Um, and one of them is silent prayer where you literally just clear your mind and just sit there in silence. Uh, and if you can't do that, just repeat like a verse in your head, like be still and know that I am God and just keep repeating that. Uh, and sometimes he'll uh, put something, something on your heart that you uh, – want to know or that he wants you to know, uh, and other times he won't. Um, uh, and if you don't have words to pray, silent prayers are great, a great thing to do. Yeah, so. I like how you touched on the Bible verse thing too. That's, that's another big one as well. Um, yeah, I, I downloaded this app um, a few years ago, or maybe it was like a year and a half ago. Um, but anyways, um, and every morning it comes out with a Bible verse. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a way for me to start off my day. I do it right when I wake up. I see it, and then I'm shared with people who have sent me prayers over time. Um, and stuff like that, post them to people, uh, just in general. And that's, that's one thing that helps me. Um, and I've learned more about, like, the Bible and more about different verses, kind of give me some more knowledge in, in that regard, learned about the different books. So it's it's a huge thing at prayer. And like I said, it really touched on, like, the busy schedules and the structure thing. You know, prayer is a huge thing, and I like that silent prayer thing. So I would say, um, just as a final thought, um, putting yourself in a peaceful peaceful situations in your daily life, right, Um for me, it's nature, right? I go out and take a walk. I'm much more calm, right? You, you, it's very hard to put yourself in a hostile uh, area with, you know, a lot, a lot of craziness or hectic, you know, people or, you know, confrontation when you are doing something peaceful. If you can't get outside, right? For me, that's getting outside. For someone, it might be reading a book or, you know, sitting in the church and sitting in silence. So prayer, obviously, is a peaceful time. Um mm-hmm. But the more we put ourselves in those situations, the more we can reflect and, you know, be calm individuals in, you know, virtually any situation. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll wrap it up for this episode. <laughs> Thanks again, guys, for being back. Joseph did a very good job, but, you know, you can't beat the big three, baby. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. um, but Holy thanks again for listening. Um, for more stuff, you can go to the YouTube channel um, on the Catholic Messenger for our previous episodes. Um, we look forward to um, welcoming you guys and sharing our thoughts in the future. So thanks again. Go Bees.